Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm DG McCullough, Debbie Gardner McCullough. I'm a communications coach, a narrative coach, and a mental fitness coach from New Zealand based in the fine state of Wisconsin. In each episode, we unpack communications tips and strategies, and we're always looking for interesting individuals from all around the world who found the gift, an opportunity, or even some knowledge from life's setbacks and challenges. My guest this week is Ambra Montanari. She's an operation manager at a giant IT firm based in Germany. She's also a journalist. And through the last few years, trying years that we've all been navigating, Ambra's one of countless of adults who've discovered that they do suspect they have ADHD. Ambra started this journey, as you're about to hear, in her early 30s, and she's come through the other side knowing for sure that she does indeed have this condition. In our interview, you'll learn about Ambra's journey, her courage, but also some of the gifts and the opportunities that come from better understanding our beautiful mind. So, Ambra, I wondered... On the topic of ADHD, women, and your own journey with ADHD, tell me, what were the first clues that you had an ADHD condition? First of all, I'm trying to think back then what was the first one that just struck me a little bit more than others, because there were a lot of clues and a lot of people that mentioned, oh, you might have ADHD while growing up, but it was more my lack of knowledge on what ADHD is. Because I thought, yeah, whatever, I'm distracted. Yeah, that's a joke. Haha, I might have it. What is the problem there? I don't see it. But then I was working with a friend that is a doctor. Um, He also has ADHD. And I was just helping him out editing an op-ed that he wanted to write about how COVID affected the way he was working. And we started collaborating on this. And I remember that he was very into it. And at one point, from one day to the other, he just like stopped answering or editing it for a week. And then we met, just the two of us, during the evening. And while talking about it, he just mentioned, oh, you didn't notice that I have ADHD. I mean, we were working together. I thought you got it. And I did not connect what the problem was with the way he was working because it was like he was very excited about it. And then for that week, he just didn't, he had other things in his life. And I thought, I don't see what is the issue. And then he said, well, yeah, I mean, I do this and that because I have ADHD. And I was like, that's the way I do it. So I don't see a problem there. And I didn't think about it too much. It was like, oh, maybe I do. And I did some research, but still haven't grasped the immensity of the problem because I still didn't get uh, how many parts of my life this affected. What did it with me as a lot of people during the last year and a half was the social media starting talking about ADHD way more. And just like silly videos that were tackling topics that I've never even dreamt that they were not just me being clumsy or not paying attention, but were just all connected to something that was very real and that was happening in my brain. Mm-hmm. And it was when I was like, you know what, I think I need to look a little bit more into this. And so you did. 
you looked a little bit more into this. And I wondered, as you looked a little bit more into ADHD, Mm -hmm. what were some of the emotions that came up for you along the way, even up to the point where you went to go and get diagnosed? Yeah, I remember that I was in Italy at the time where I just got it and I was sure I had it. I was 32 at the time. I'm 33 now, so it's a quite recent thing. And I think it was just overwhelming at that point. Because the first feeling was simply grief, I think, for the person I could have been. Mm-hmm. And it, I now know that it's a pretty common way. It's a pretty common step. And yeah, that was just, yeah, just brain fog, grief and curiosity. That was also there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just some sort of positive curiosity on what could I be? Like mm. coached, maybe medicated. What could my brain do? Like, how easier could this be? Like, how easy could my days be with help? Like, if I get the right type of help. So, it was a lot of sadness, to be honest. A lot of anger that nobody figured it out. Because also part of the diagnosis process was to gather documents, reports from your school about how you behaved your grades, just evaluations, and just reading those by myself was just, how did nobody get that? Mm -hmm. And of course, it was the 90s, and it was not in the US, it was in Italy, so not many people knew about it, and definitely not many people knew about the symptoms in girls. Mm -hmm. So it was not easy, I understand, but the anger was definitely there. There was a piece of your research through looking at those records that brought up some extra anger, Mm -hmm. specifically the school grades. Yeah, they were inconsistent. They were talking about potential and talent and being smart and this not translating into what I was bringing to the game. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of comments about me forgetting my homework and just not trying enough. Mm. And I think about like just a seven-year-old, eight-year-old girl and like, like having those comments said to her. And it just it gave me even more anger. More than anything else, it was just that it was... Mm-hmm. Instead of helping me out, I had to endure all of this and I'm sure that even though I think I'm a confident woman today they definitely dig a tent in what is my confidence level today knowing what you know now what would you have wanted those who taught you and those within your family and peer group to say or do um to be honest I just would have wanted them to be prepared Mm -hmm. like it was also one of the First things I started thinking about once I got the diagnosis was how can I help for this to be something that's mainstream, that's widespread mm-hmm. in my country as well, because now we got to know a little bit more, but of course Italy is always behind when it comes to things like that. And I think I just would have wanted them to ask me how they could have helped. Because mm-hmm. I knew that, because I already had in place some 
like masking techniques or some little tricks that I used to trick myself into do my homework or study. So I already knew those things. Um, I just would have appreciated probably not having someone telling me that that was not the way of doing it. Because mm-hmm. for me, it was definitely that. For me, studying overnight was a way of doing these things. It was my way. And it was not less effective than another person. Of course, it affected my life as well. So it wasn't great, but it was still a valid way to do things. Mm-hmm. So more curiosity, more empathy, yeah. more openness for different ways of learning. Yeah, but, absolutely. But also questioning what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling right now? Um. I think I'm happy that I'm okay with it now. Mm-hmm. Like, think about how angry, just remembering how angry I was just makes my eyes tear up. Yeah. And I think it took a lot of forgiveness mm-hmm. towards others and myself because mm-hmm. I definitely used those unkind words to myself as well. Mm-hmm. What well, were they? What growing were they? up. What were the unkind just, words? Being lazy, not just why can't you not do this? Like other people can do it. It's a normal thing. Why does it take you that much to answer to an email or just clear the kitchen, clean your room? Like why does it have to become an unlivable mess before you get obsessive with cleaning and like go from this like huge thing where plates are there and my clothes are everywhere to ironing my bed sheets. Like there was no mid middle ground. It was either obsessive or not even, yeah, or just hoarder mode. So it was yeah, I definitely yeah, feel felt like I was falling through a little bit, falling behind. And not living up to what everyone was expecting of me. Or what you're expecting of yourself. As well, yeah. yeah. And then you got your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. It was not easy. Yeah, walk <laughs> us through that moment. What was it like to hear the words or gain the clarity? I think, so at that point, it was almost a year since I first started looking for mm-hmm. a diagnosis. So finding a psychiatrist and understanding how to navigate the system in Berlin where I live and finding a psychiatrist that would be available, would speak English because my German is definitely not good enough to talk about this. And that would, a psychiatrist that would also be interested or an expert in ADHD and ADHD in women, especially. Mm-hmm. And why did, why did that last part feel important? Sorry, I didn't mm-hmm. mean to speak over. Why did that last part feel important, a specialist who understands ADHD, but also with women? Uh, one of the very good resources that I started checking during these months where I still didn't have the diagnosis, but I was pretty sure I had this, I had ADHD, was uh, just a little self-help group that um, it's on Facebook here in Berlin. So just ADHD in Berlin or something like that. I don't remember the name. But a lot of them were complaining about treatment that they got from doctors, like skepticism in general, when they mentioned their symptoms. 
just in general, it's something that a lot of people still hear today. Just it's symptoms that are quite common. It's just that they don't affect our lives in the same way they affect others. Because for someone, it's a one bad day. For me, it's just an every day, like my every day. It doesn't change. So yeah, some doctors do that are not prepared on the topic. Sometimes they just dismiss. And I was afraid of having to do all of this work and then finding someone in front of me that would just dismiss what I deeply knew at that point. Mm-hmm. What was already certain for me. And I knew that that would discourage me a lot and invalidate my what was a certainty. But of course, it was not on paper yet. So <laughs> still a lot of self-doubt that definitely all of those comments when I was a kid did not help. <laughs> so, yeah. And then you did see it on paper. Mm-hmm. My doctor asked me, how do you feel now? Mm-hmm. And I think I had it up until that point, And then I started bowling because... <laughs> It was more than anything, just a relief. Mm-hmm. I was right. Yeah. And I don't know. I just stood up for myself and for that kid. Yeah. And I knew I, I knew it was there. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't lazy or stupid or anything. It was just that. So, yeah. <laughs> Still part of it. Still. Within the journey, because my first round of uh, meds definitely is not working. So um, I have another appointment soon to check for the next type. But the feeling is completely different now. I don't have that, like, it's not just, it's more curiosity than this imperative need of knowing. Mm-hmm. Because also as a journalist, you have that, like, you need to know, you need to have confirmation of that. It's just yeah. a hunch that you have and you need to have it there. Yeah, I'm crying with you too because it's a beautiful feeling to, I'm sure, I've not experienced it yet, I have not had my own diagnosis yet, but I'm sure it's a beautiful feeling just to know and to have that closure with your inner girl that you heard her Mm -hmm. and you took care of her in ways that others didn't. And I'm sure that feels amazing. Yeah, I think so. With that knowing couple of final questions. So one is, you know, you're a reporter. You have this fantastic curiosity, Umbra, that served you to even get to where you were, to have the bravery to go ahead and inquire and get curious and find out, do I have ADHD or not? But as you found out more about ADHD, you learned some, your curiosity drew you to research and you found some surprising things that explain so much. Can you share some of those surprising things? Like one example I remember you sharing with me is oh, where people with ADHD have spatial awareness problems can explain why you're often bruising yourself. And I laughed when you shared that because that's me too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then our ability to forgive. We're often more forgiving than others because we can't remember sometimes (laughs) what happened. There's also the superpower of empathy and feeling. So can you tell us some of the surprising joys and awarenesses that came from learning more yeah no definitely like few things that I can think about besides the ones that you already mentioned is that we are also able to notice to this distraction also was something that for example when we were just hunter and gatherers made ADHD are way more like people that were way more well fed than others because this uh, being into nature kind of helps us having this 
helps us kind of let our mind go and get distracted. And that's the reason also why like we're very good at foraging because you're able to see, I don't know, like a little bush maybe moving before others or you're able to see a ripe fruit behind leaves. So you have way more like chances to let your mind go and just be distracted by nature. So that's also why our brain is a little bit more at ease and recharge after spending a little bit of time in nature. And just another one that I was, I just, some, some of the things I'm kind of, re, I'm kind of sad that I can just let ADHD take responsibility for that. Cause I thought this is my being a cool person and, and it's, Sometimes it's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's not. It's just, it's just a disorder in your brain. <laughs> so yeah, just the impulsivity and what leads us sometimes to do. So we are people that tend to dare more than others. So, so it's a lot of people that end up being entrepreneurs or work for themselves or just take very on the spur of the moment decisions that makes them do very dumb things at times, like swimming with sharks on an island in Thailand where tourists get murdered, or I don't know, just deciding to leave for the other side of the country because you definitely fell for it and the tickets were cheap. So you're smiling. Something you may yeah. have done in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I wonder if part of the swimming with the sh- in the shark infested Thai waters also comes to our ability, and I'm speaking from my own experiences perhaps, but our ability to, well, I think it's this craving for stimulation partly, but also our ability to focus on what we're wanting to do and an ability to not see the boundaries or the reasons why we ought not to. Able, an ability to block those out, almost like a horse with blinders. What, what say you? you should pay attention to those because most of the times there are very important things that are there to protect us. But the beauty and the very dangerous things at times is that we are not seeing them. As we forget to check our space around us, we forget to check sometimes our listeners mm-hmm. if they're still engaged or we are like talking a little bit too much. And same things for what you just mentioned. Sometimes we have a box around us and forget to look at it. Mm-hmm. And yet that focus can explain some of the best inventions of our lifetimes. I've often wondered if the best inventors of our time have ADHD. Yeah, I read an article about it. I think it was on Attitude magazine and they were listing a couple of people that were not diagnosed at their time, but definitely they were mentioning Einstein and Da Vinci saying that. From what they wrote and the like, little anecdotes that we have in their lives, chances are that they were also, yeah, a little bit <laughs> dopamine deficient at times. <laughs> so lovely. Last question for this round of interviews, Umbra, and it's around women and ADHD. This is a theme of your own curiosity, your own journey. What are the main things that strike you when it comes to women, ADHD, and then what society tends to, the extra burdens women tend to bear socially? What do we need to know and be thoughtful of? First of all, we can see that in numbers. Women get diagnosed way less than men. Mm -hmm. And this is not because our brain is different or anything. It's just because we tend to be diagnosed later in life as well. 
And this is only because we start advocating for ourselves. We tend to be diagnosed at like 3.2%, while men's percentage is like 5.4%. So it's almost half of it, which is sad. And like the problem and the good thing is that we get to a point, a lot of women get to a point in their life where we're overwhelmed by a lot of things that are required, like a requirement, at least society uh, requires us to do, which is just like a mental load that we have in the way we handle household matters or kids. And then at that point, a lot of ADHD women start to lose it. And that's when they start seeking for help. And we have also problems when like once a month because uh, the drop in estrogen, for example, also affects the dopamine levels. Mm. So it's also something that gets worse for for that reason and progressively worse. And it's just that we are less, a lot of the tests and studies that are out there are not thought. I mean, this is not just a thing that affects ADHD. This is a lot of medicines just doesn't think about drugs and studies thinking about women. So we just fell into, fell through the crack in that case. And right now there are in the last few years and months, especially after COVID, where people really had time to look a little bit inwards and kind of lose their routines. A lot of women especially started to notice certain things mm-hmm. and had the time to look for help. Mm-hmm. So there's a pretty high rate of women getting diagnosed right now. So definitely I'm not alone or special in this whole journey. Yes, and I am joining you with this journey too next month, September, once my boys are back at school. And if anyone listening to our interview and suspects they may be a man or a woman who could be falling through the cracks and has even an inkling of curiosity that they may indeed have ADHD, what would you want to tell them if you could sit beside them and encourage them? That curiosity that they have and if they see that curiosity in them, that it's part of what this wonderful and deeply folded brain of us makes us have, I think just to follow that. Because a lot of the symptoms are definitely um, common and, and normal. If just the fact that you're thinking that you might have this or this might affect your life to the point that you can ask for help, whatever it is, because it could also not be ADHD, but could be past trauma or could be whatever disease it could be, it could be depression, whatever, just like ask, ask for help because there are resources out there. It's not easy, not at all, not ADHD friendly, but it should be done, whatever it is, if you think you need it, just to go and ask for help. And what's next? I lied. I had one final question. You said earlier, <laughs> you said earlier, part of your emotional reaction to part of the emotions coming up for you and your journey of confirming that you do indeed have ADHD was grief for what could have been. Mm-hmm. We can't take back what was, but we can control and influence what's next. And now that you have this awareness and this knowledge, and you're mm-hmm. building your confidence in this new space of being. What is next? What else feels possible for Umbra? To be honest, I'm still trying to wait for 
the medicines to do their magic because I still put everything a little bit in. Like for now, it's just on pause because it's still not done. I'm still not done grieving. It's still something that is present. Sometimes I just look at things that I could have done or opportunities that I've lost and I just get very mad at myself. But I started to get way more excited about all of those as well. Like thinking about now I can, now I know it's not me being lazy or me not being able to get there. I just need to have the tools to get ready for that, to trick my brain into doing what I wanted to do. And definitely hoping for the meds to help me out with that. Gonna be part of it, but I'm starting to get excited about stories and things I want to do, and how much easier it might be to just know that I have to send the application for a grant not maybe half an hour before it expires, um, <laughs> before the deadline, and just be prepared. Just trick my brain, it's not there, it's a week before that date, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna forget the real date, so I'm gonna send it on the week before. So, <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Ambra. It was such a pleasure talking about you and your journey with ADHD today. Thank you. No, you're so welcome. You've been listening to the Sage Sayers. Thanks for listening. Please look for my show notes for my website, hangingrockcoaching.com. You'll find my LinkedIn profile there too. And we always love to hear from our listeners. So write to me, hangingrockmedia at gmail.com to let me know what came up for you as you listened to this episode. Take good care and we'll speak with you again soon. Bye-bye for now.